Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Well, kia ora everybody. You will know that I have had a haircut if you watch me from last week to this week. A home haircut, lockdown life, going well, pretty good actually. <laughs> Most of you that know me will know that I've been a musician for a good part of my life. I started having piano lessons when I was seven years old, so that's 44 years ago now. And over the years, particularly earlier in my life, I've played in a lot of bands, I've been involved in a lot of worship teams. I was a keyboardist in 1990 for a tour with an American choral group called the Continental Singers. We toured the South Island and parts of Australia. It was big for a 20-year-old at that time. But by far my most nervous performance on the piano came 30 years ago, this coming Tuesday. At 11 a.m. on a rainy day in Palmerston North, I played the song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Canadian artist Brian Adams as Joe walked up the aisle for our wedding. Many of you will remember that song. It's been significant ever since. In that year, it was on the soundtrack of the movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The song went on to sell more than 15 million copies around the world and has become one of the best all-time singles in the world since then. Thankfully for those present at our wedding, I didn't sing the song as Joe walked up the aisle, I just played it. But I want you to listen to the first part of the song, it will be familiar to many of you. Pay attention to the lyrics as Brian Adams sings it to us. beautiful song, right? So many memories for me particularly. (laughs) The key words in that song are in fact the first words. Look into my eyes and you will see. Which reflects the expression that we often say that, that our eyes are the windows to our souls. This phrase has been around for about 200 years now as a phrase, but it actually has its roots a lot further back than that. And today, as part of our journey through the Sermon of the Mount, we see Jesus preaching in the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to look at a passage 
that has a relatively easy understanding, but in the middle of it has a much deeper understanding that I think is super worthwhile taking a look at in this particular time of history that we are in. So let's start with the passage that follows on from what Ethan spoke a couple of weeks ago. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24. It will be familiar to many of you. Open up your Bible or open up your Bible app and follow along. These are the words of Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, most of you will be familiar with this passage, and its application is perhaps one of the easiest of all applications for us to understand in the Bible. It is, though, one of the hardest applications for us to live. It is, of course, summed up in the very last sentence of that passage. It's very clear. You cannot serve both God and money. Like I said, easy to read, hard to live. I could talk about the competing relationships that we have, particularly for those of us that live within the Western world, between God and money. In a nutshell, if we're honest, we worship both. The disciples of Jesus, when Jesus was saying this sermon, were no different. It is, in fact, an age-old challenge. But Jesus says that you can't do that. You can't worship both of them. They're just polar opposites of each other. So he's asking his disciples as he's asking us each time we read this passage, who are you going to serve? In the words of Bob Dylan in his 1979 song, well, it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. How's that going for you? Which master are you serving? Money or God? Well, as Bob Dylan might paraphrase, it might be the dollar or it might be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. But I want to take you a little deeper, perhaps, into this passage today, because right in the middle of these verses is a picture that we perhaps often pay too little attention to, but perhaps could be transformational in how we approach the next six months of our lives in this COVID-19 era with all of its complexities and all of its traffic lights that are to come. Let's read these middle verses again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 to 23. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If it is true that our eyes are the windows to our soul, then Jesus is making a big deal out of this concept that his Jewish audience of the time in the Gospel of Matthew would fully grasp in a way that we don't fully understand today. It's kind of lost on us. You see, for hundreds of years prior to Jesus uttering these words up on a mountainside, the culture of the day spoke deeply and profoundly about how the eyes are not only the windows to our soul, but, but how the eyes develop our character. It's super profound how significant this was in the culture of the day. Now, here are some examples. Aristotle, the famous ancient Greek philosopher who lived 400 years before Jesus, devoted almost one-third of his most famous work to the topic of the eye how significant it is. Roman statesman, lawyer, scholar, philosopher, Marcus Tullius Cicero, who lived in the century just before Jesus' birth, comments on the relationship between the eye and moral character. He wrote this, Everything rests with the face, and the face in turn is under the power of the eyes. And the eyes are the index of emotions. No one can achieve the same end with eyes closed. Expressions in the Old Testament imply that the Jews thought of the eye as having its, its own light. Proverbs 15 verse 30 is but one example. It says, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. In that culture, back in the day that the scriptures were written and prior, an evil eye was believed to have the potential to cause harm to the other person or to objects. It was thought that the, the squeezing of the eye, what we might call maybe the death stare, had stinging effects. Furthermore, the eye was also thought to be directly related to the heart, linked to the heart. And the heart is the organ of thought, desire, emotion. Eyes expressed the, the innermost feelings and the desires of the heart. Therefore, as it was said at the time, a good eye revealed morally good and generous intentions, while an, an evil eye, a squeezed eye, an angry eye, exposed an evil heart with wicked intentions of envy, of greed and jealousy. And, and envy was regarded as blindness of the soul. You can hopefully get the idea that when Jesus said these words, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light and so on. His audience knew exactly what he was saying. It was powerful, and it was direct, and it was meaningful. For the sake of clarity, 
And for the sake of bringing application to what these verses are perhaps saying to us today in 2021, let me perhaps give you a Grant Harris paraphrase in words that might challenge us to think about our, our inner lives. What we take in through our eyes dictates what comes out of our hearts. And by our hearts, I generally mean our mouths. Jesus' specific focus in these verses is, is money. We've talked about that. And there is no doubt that this topic has compelling relevance to our lives today, as it did back then. Some things never change. Jesus quite clearly says that we can't serve him while constantly being focused on the creation of our own kingdoms through the acquisition of assets and the pursuit of material wealth at, at all other costs. It's an issue of balance and responsibility and stewardship. Jesus is not saying that wealth in itself is a bad thing. The, the Bible nowhere says that. But he is saying that the eyes of too many of his followers were becoming distracted by the false promises of treasures on earth and everything that they said they provided. And we realize that that is a temptation for us today. We can become so distracted by the treasures of our lives today, by the, the promises that the treasures say they're going to give us, that we forget about the ultimate treasure, treasure in heaven, the greatest asset, in fact, that anyone could gain in their lives, and, and the love of God that, that delivers on that promise is here for each one of us. We often forget to pursue that at the expense of trying to pursue worldly wealth that we think will give to us the, the success or the significance that it really, if ever, does. I don't need to say too much on that topic because many of us know the distraction that the desire for wealth brings. Let's just remind ourselves of what Jesus says at the end. We cannot serve both God and money. Mm, it hurts. But I think that there is a wider implication of what Jesus is saying in verses 22 and 23 that has significant relevance to our lives in this season of history. Like many of you, my eyes these days are often being diverted to things such as government announcements, opinion pieces on vaccinations, mandates, traffic lights, I'm often distracted by social media. I'm looking at employment law. And what does that all mean for the church? I think about what this season means for me, what it means for my children and my children's children. What does it mean for the community that I serve? I have questions about when will this all end? Will I get out of Auckland this year? And will I be able to wander through the, the halls of Albany Westfield prior to Christmas? I have my own opinions about all of this, and many of you are letting me know your opinions as well. I mean, thanks for your emails and your texts and your phone calls, your Facebook Messenger notes, uh, WhatsApps, LinkedIn messages, and some of you even tell me your opinions when you recognize me, even when I try to hide behind my mask in Countdown. 
all of the noise of this season can be incredibly distracting. It is incredibly distracting. We're, we're all distracted by it. But the wider implication of these few verses that Jesus says for this season of life is, is if the eye is the lamp of the body, what are you looking at? What are, what are we looking at? And how is that affecting what is coming out of our hearts? And what is coming out of our mouths? What is coming from our keyboards? Maybe I could ask that question another way. How much time are we spending in God's word as opposed to the amount of time that we are spending reading article after article or opinion after opinion about what's going on with COVID-19 and our response here in Aotearoa, New Zealand? Let me remind you of the beautiful words that the psalmist writes in Psalm 119 verse 105. He writes this, Your word, your word, God, is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The imagery in that psalm is consistent with what Jesus is saying to his followers in the Sermon on the Mount. Take in the word of God or look at what God is saying to us through his word. And that will direct our heart response through these awkward months that are to follow. Conversely, if if we are constantly using our eyes to take in all of the negativity and the conspiracies and the anger that we see around us, that darkness that we take in will, will then be displayed in our lives through our hearts and through our actions and through our words. Today and tomorrow, we have choices about what we will use our eyes for. And those choices, like all things, have consequences about how that shows who we, who I, am really serving. I want us to think today about what we're letting our our eyes see. What are we taking into our hearts? Yes, I'm all for informed thinking, healthy debates, Developing a a realistic outlook for the future. Yes, there there are things that many of us are concerned about. And that's entirely natural. But we serve a supernatural God who is far above all of these things. Who, as we have seen already in this series, promises blessing to those who are poor in spirit. Blessing to those who mourn. Blessing to the meek. Blessing to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessing to the merciful. Blessing to the pure in heart. Blessing to the peacemakers. Blessing to those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And blessing to those who are insulted for their faith in Christ. You read that Matthew 5, 3 to 11. Jesus says to those who turn their eyes towards him, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. So where are your eyes directed today? And where will they be directed tomorrow? If your eyes are healthy, 
your whole body will be full of light, says Jesus. And I believe that this is a time where those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus need to be reminded precisely of what Jesus says to us. The Gospel of John. John writes in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I hope that we, as individuals and as a community of faith, might radiate the light of life. And the way that we talk, and the way that we write emails, and in the way that we post on social media. Because, as Jesus says, if our eyes are healthy, our whole body will be full of light. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really great and positive way to live. Brian Adams' words that I played to Joe 30 years ago as we were getting married have hopefully been the way that we have lived ever since as we have looked into each other's eyes. I wonder if we turned the words around and sung them to Jesus today, what would he see if we prayed to him, look into my eyes and you will see what you mean to me. And would he see what the last words of that song are? Everything I do, I do it for you. Let's pray. Father, we live in a technological age where we have information coming at us from all different directions. Sometimes we forget to include you in our thoughts and our discussions. And sometimes we forget to rely upon your word as it's implanted into our lives. And for many of us, as it's been implanted into our lives, for decades, I pray that the fruit of our discipleship, the fruit of our acknowledgement in serving you would be evident in the world that we live in today. As we deal with our worship of you and our worship of money, help us to be challenged and to respond to that. But help us also to think about all of your words that we see in Scripture, all of the one another's, all of the, the love you and love our neighbors as ourselves, all of your, your words that tell us to, to be people of grace and compassion and patience, that we would respond to the challenges that are around us in ways that will display the faith that we claim to have in our words and our actions and our attitudes. Holy Spirit, help us to respond positively to the call upon our lives to be the hands and feet of Jesus this day, this week, this month, and in the days ahead. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.